With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of two pros and a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So regardless how you landed on what your opinion of the game was going to be and who you had winning, there was a reason why the point spread was so small and stayed that way for the vast majority of the two weeks leading up to the game. That was a hell of a game last night. That was a fun game. Uh, those two teams uh, played their asses off. There's a lot of controversy coming out of that game, but we thought it might go this way as far as being a close game throughout and, and or as far as being a close game when it was finally over with. And nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid get it done. A second Super Bowl championship for Patrick Mahomes. But of course, there is some complaining, some bitching and moaning going on from some people who don't like the call, uh, the James Bradbury call. Nonetheless, the Kansas City Chiefs get it done that second half was monstrous for him Philly had it where they wanted it but Patrick Mahomes strikes late and the Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions how about it how about, how about those Chiefs how about them? I mean it's uh are they a dynasty, I guess? I mean, it, how, do we, how do we define the success and the track record that they've had so far with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid yeah I don't know I, I don't you know I, I think dynasty can be defined in a few different ways I don't think that that's something you fit in a box I, I certainly believe that you can look at their amount of success what it's been four four times what was it four times in the the, the playoffs and at the championship round championship five. game it's now five yeah 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 I mean two Super Bowls in four years they've been to three in in at least in the five if not that four year span if I'm not correct yeah I mean, how are we defining dynasty? Are we defining it by the frequency? Or are we are we saying it based on because people said um, that Dallas was a dynasty and they got three? You know, I, I, I would put it this way: that no one's done what they've done so far. No one's made it to five straight AFC championship games. I would say this: if can you if if it ended right now. And they never won another Super Bowl. I'd, I'd be comfortable Did, saying they're a dynasty. Yeah, because if you they just go back, if you could describe it as an era, the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era, their run. Yeah. If you're talking about it after the fact, that to me is a dynasty. And That's so if, if we're going to be talking about whatever this is, if this is the last appearance for them in a Super Bowl and who the hell knows, doesn't seem like it's going to be the way they, they operate together, then yeah, I think it's a dynasty. They, they were overmatched. With, against this Eagles team 
And and I listen, I said it coming into the game. If Patrick Mahomes – first of all, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it's going to be because of Patrick Mahomes and the coaching. And if they do win this game, the conversation has to dramatically change. Well, not even dramatically, but it definitely changes for how you look at Patrick Mahomes. And that's what that's what played out. So – I wouldn't have a problem saying they're a dynasty, honestly. I think the the half of a decade of success, the way that they've had it and the way they've played, I mean, hell, uh, who wouldn't want to be a part of of that team, you know? Jeez, you saw how happy Juju was? I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of this Kansas City organization? Shouts out to my boy Veach, too, by the way. Um, I mean, they've, they've overcome all odds, man. I mean, they, they, and it played out the way think, you guys wanted it to. I mean, think about what you what you just said too. When you mentioned Brett Veach, their general manager, they had more rookies this year play snaps than any team in the NFL. That's got to be a scary sign for the NFL when you've got Patrick Mahomes on a long term deal, and you've got all these other pieces that stepped up as rookies. You know, from Jalen Watson to Josh Williams to Brian Cook to George Karloftis, I mean, you start kind of combing through it. Sky Moore, um, you know, the young players they have, Trey Smith, you know, guys they've drafted, Creed Humphrey on the offensive line, Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, these are all guys who are either a rookie this year or drafted recently. And you're, you're saying to yourself, yeah, this is going to work for a long period of time. I mean, it's just it, it, they've done a tremendous job drafting, identifying who fits within what they need. Um, you know, as far as you know, guys they've been able to develop too. I mean, Kadarius Tony couldn't make it work with the New York Giants. He seemed to have found a home with the Kansas City Chiefs and gave them a spark and a big play right when they needed it. So I, I look at this and and I, I guess honestly, you know, we could call it an era. Like I, I'm kind of second guessing myself and asking the question to you guys because. You mentioned Dallas, and then I was kind of thinking of the run that the Patriots has had. Well, like the Patriots' second run, where they had dominated the AFC East, they got to a bunch of AFC Championship games, but didn't necessarily win a bunch of Super Bowls, even though they got to them, kind of that middle point of Belichick and Brady in New England. Yeah. That era, like, I, I guess you can consider them a dynasty, but I, I, it wasn't as successful as the very beginning and then obviously the very end for, for Brady in particular. So I guess I look at it a little different, but I mean, look right now, if you're, if you're like, well, I don't know what the betting odds are Jonas, but you'd be better than the make the AFC championship game next year. Would you not? Yes. I, I, w- I would feel comfortable betting on Kansas city to make an AFC championship game for the rest of Patrick Mahomes, career. Because so it's like Joe Burrow. The window is open as long as Pat is there. Hell yeah. yeah. I think I, my biggest, here are my biggest takeaways from, from the Super Bowl. First one is, why did I bet against Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes beat the the went against hit head to head uh the quarterback that the only quarterback that can beat him you know with one leg he went head to head and found a way to win against the only quarterback that really could beat him with in, in one your leg defense though did you like if you would have said oh someone's going to throw for 300 yards in this game who's it going to be yeah i would i would have said to you if it's not Patrick Mahomes they're not winning yeah, I just, I just, I just think that I thought that coming out of that Cincinnati game, they just didn't have much for Cincinnati, and it didn't look good. 
and they look like they 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 had a call that really assisted them making it out of that game. But with that being said, they were close enough to make it out of that game, and I, I probably should have taken that into bigger consideration. My second takeaway is, in the biggest game of the year, and and correct me, you know, or tell me I'm 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 full of it or whatever. But the second the second takeaway I took from that game was, in the biggest game of the season, you cannot have an unforced error that leads to a touchdown. You just can't. Like I'm sorry, you can you can fumble it, you can you can throw turn it over. You can't allow it to just be an unforced error where a team in the Super Bowl just walks into the end zone. Like, can't do it. And my third takeaway was, it. well, okay, let's make it four because the third one is you can't allow a major play to happen on special teams, especially in the most critical moment of the game. Right. It, was too, it was too critical of a time to allow a, a shifting of the field and the way that they allowed it, and four, you, <laughs> I guess coaching really does matter. Like I know you got to have a Patrick Mahomes, but the level and the class of coaching, they totally outclassed Philadelphia in that second half. I mean, the adjustments that they made at halftime were freaking phenomenal, and it showed on both sides of the ball, not just on offense and them scoring all the time. It definitely showed on what they were able to do defensively as well. I thought that's it's an interesting point. I mean, going into the game, those are the two things I, I said most to you: is Patch Mahomes end of the game. If they need to play, he could make it, and then the experience of Andy Reid and and Steve Spagnola, who I, I thought both of them. If you go back to talking about how if you would have put together a game plan for how Philly was going to win it, first half, the time of possession, in particular, the way Philly was staying and converting third down, fourth downs, it felt like death of a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Like every time they got in that formation on fourth and short, third and short, you sat there and went, here they go again. <laughs> they're just going to sneak in. They're going to push Hurts over the top, which not to get off on a tangent now, but I told you all, what was it, a few weeks ago about that play? That's, that play will be reviewed by the competition committee. I would not be shocked or surprised if there's not a change that's made to it. It is too successful of a play. I think it puts too many players at risk with the way, as we saw the close-ups with all the different camera angles, those guys are down there lunging at each other with their neck and head down. Eventually, there's going to be a bad injury. Eventually, someone's going to get hurt, and they're going to rethink the whole concept of that. I'm just I'm telling you right now, I cannot imagine they're going to allow that play to continue to exist. That being said, it was effective. Everything that Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen wanted to do was effective to a point. And then it became about the adjustments. And I, I really felt like Kansas City, and it, you kind of felt like at halftime it was that line of demarcation. But to me, it was more of just the way the game flowed to begin with. KC won the toss, deferred. And so they just didn't touch the football as much, right? Philly was going to be the team to eat up that clock and keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. And then in the second half, when, when Casey got the ball coming out of half, they, they were ran right down the field. And, and, but you still saw Philly eating up the clock. I mean, at one point we had three possessions and we were in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it really was a game plan that I think played out for the most part how Philly wanted to 
with a few moments and, and particular breakdowns. Defensively, the exact same play. Jonathan Gannon never made an adjustment. The touchdown pass to Kadarius Toney, the touchdown pass to Sky Moore, both of those plays were critical. And in both cases, all KC did was get them in a position where they, it looked like they were playing more of a form of quarters with the way they were doing it. They motioned down the outside guy. It looks like he's going all the way across the formation. The corner bumps down. The safety looks to run and push to the opposite side. Meanwhile, the guy in motion then just runs right back out in the flat. And there's no one there because the safety thinks he's going to scream across the formation to take him on the other side. And, and so you look at that, and that, that happened twice. I did. And that's where, like, you've got to be able to make the in-game adjustments. And the inexperience of Jonathan Gannon, I think, showcased itself. The experience of Steve Spagnola and the rush that started to push Jalen Hurts out of the pocket to his left, shut down a lot of, you know, they were better tackling, too, in the second half for KC. But all those things, I think, are helping to mount to it. And then there's a controversial call, which I'll put it this way. The call's not controversial. It's not. That's defensive holding. You, you should call that a thousand times out of a thousand. What's controversial is the timing of it. There you go. There you go. That's the that's the problem I had. I don't like my my interpretation of that call was I'm going to wait and see if he's able to catch the ball. If he catches the ball, there's no flag. The fact that the or ball was overthrown, make a play on it, right? Right. I, I just the ball was terribly overthrown. Mahomes was throwing it away. It was being thrown away. If you're going to make the call, make the call when it happens. You knew it was a hold. If you because again, those those types of holds take place every play. So if you're going to throw the if you're going to choose to throw the flag, I have no problem with you throwing the fa- flag. It was a foul. It was the timing of it that was like, come on, man. Like, uh, like in the biggest moment of of this game, where you know it's going to come down to, okay, these guys are going to at least get three points. Give this other team an opportunity to to make yeah, a run at it. That's not job. That's yeah, not their job. I, well, it's not your job to throw it that late either. That's all well, I know. I, I, I didn't necessarily think that he threw it that late. I actually saw the flag early. They did converse about it to be able to, to talk about it, to make sure they saw what they call, saw because I think they knew the importance of that call. The, the problem I had with is if you're going to complain about that flag being thrown, then you should have complained about an earlier third down where Kansas City didn't get the call. Because there was a clear defensive holding and a turn on, on a conversion that would have been that stopped the KC drive earlier in the game. Like I, I've said all along, it, you know, if, look, if you're going to complain about officiating, then I think you're a team, and, and Jason Kelsey has said this himself, like you're a team that's probably looking for excuses in that part. My issue with officiating is always the inconsistencies. And, and I thought for the most part last night, that was a very consistent game. They let them play. I thought Casey shot themselves in the foot a number of times. Frank Clark helping to extend a drive. Chris Jones uh, being off. Chris sides. Jones, yeah, lined up uh. in the new. I mean, both those on third down, fourth downs. Like there was a lot of like mistakes I thought made by by Kansas City that were a bit, uh, you know, unfamiliar to that team uh, how they play in those moments. But I, I go back to if you're going to be upset about that call, I understand you don't want it to be called in that moment. But it's also, like, how do you say that to the officials? Hey, don't do your job in the moment that counts the most, even though it's the definition of what defensive holding would be. Yeah, again, to me, 
I I have no problem with the foul. I had I didn't I did not see the flag come out early. Maybe you had a different vantage point than I did, but when I saw that flag, he had already turned around and was already hitting into the end zone. The the ball was already up and over his head. The flag was coming and the flag came in late. It came in late. It was not that flag was not thrown when the foul took place. The flag was thrown after. It was late. It was not like boom. He hit him. Here comes the flag, it, and I know that's that whole com- conversation of what Tom Brady was talking about. You know the the delay of it or or what, the, whatever yeah. it is that they got going on. Those three words that he used. The one prolonged. Prolonged. That was a prolonged yeah. throw. That was a prolonged flag. That's what bothered me. And the like. This well, is the last like the last two drives of the game. That's what bothered me about it. I think when he's saying prolonged, he's probably more referring to, like, how long was the hold? You know, was the hold as he ran on the inside, then cut to go out, was it prolonged and was it long enough in that timing element to warrant the flag? I'll be honest with you. I think what hurt it was actually the broadcast initially didn't see the actual foul that took place. What, what they showed you was once he got back outside and started to turn up, Bradbury still ha- had a hand on his hip kind of pulling, but that wasn't the most egregious part. The most egregious part was when he really tried to grab him and turn him when he was trying to get back outside in the initial move. But with what they showed, they didn't get that until afterwards. I think that people saw the initial slant down inside to then run back out, and they saw the grab by Bradbury then, they would have said, okay, that's defensive holding. The question becomes, do you make that call in this instance? And the reality is, and, and this is why I kind of tried to give you guys a little intel on Carl Sheffers last week before this game was even played. He's coached, or excuse me, he's officiated a lot of games for the Chiefs. A lot of those games have worked out for the Chiefs. He's called more penalties in 2021, his crews, and 2022 than any crew in the league. Now, this wasn't his exact crew but he was the head of what is an all-star group of officials. So, again, those are all things that I think ultimately you know, came down and mattered in the end. But you, you do have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, it, it, to me, it was defensive holding. It, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of, are you the type that's going to say, we're not going to call that sort of foul in the final moments of the game? Uh, and I think the problem with that is that Mike Prayer and Dee Blandino would say, you can't ask them to not do their job in the moments that matter most, too. Like, you can't ask them to, to put the you know, whistle in their pocket or keep their flag in the pocket just because you want to see these two guys duke it out. It's not supposed to work like that. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trips of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. We have Jonas on field tap right now, and he's he's live on location on uh, Sepulveda. Uh, what's go- what's going on out there, Jonas? Uh, it's better than what's going on in there. I'll say that you guys are foul. You are you are filthy. It's every hallway you turn down inside the studio, you walk right in to someone's ass. Every hallway in the studio, it doesn't, it, it doesn't stop. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, yeah. hey, Jonas, good for you for putting your foot down. For a guy who prides himself on proper hygiene, yeah. a guy who doesn't even eat, he sacrifices, folks. He doesn't eat ever just so that he doesn't have to potentially put someone through 
the endurance of dealing with his flatulence. Mm. So, uh, Jonas, point. I'm glad you're putting your foot down. Um, I, I know we're trying to get the field tap hooked up right now. Meanwhile, mm. you're on your, your cell phone. Uh, hopefully you can find a warm place to, to sit down and do the show, maybe mm. next to one of those bums that's out by the other. Uh, I mean, the he is out there in the mix. So where, where he is, he certainly could meet a couple friends along the way that may have uh, a worse <laughs> smell than Berto or Lee put together. I mean, there's, a po- there's that possibility. I, I, I got news for you. There, there's not a drug addict in Sherman Oaks that wouldn't be an upgrade over what you guys are doing. <laughs> oh, in that my studio right oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's a bit much, Jones. That's, that's a bit much. much. That's a bit like, much. It is. It's just, it's, it is uh, way too much on your end. Hey. Uh, but, hey, congrats, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Brady, what's, what, what's the party scene like in KC right now? What, what do you feel there? Oh, I mean, it will just be, first off, they're ripping darts, right? I've already told you guys, like, (laughs) at least when I was there in KC, like, you could still smoke, you know, normal cigarettes in in restaurants or bars, at least some of them. They'll be eating some of the greatest barbecue you've ever had in your life, tipping back on some whiskey, um, maybe some bourbon, too, just ripping darts left and right, celebrating. But here's the thing is, they got to be careful. They got to pace themselves. Because this team might be celebrating these Super Bowls quite often through the course of the, the next few years. Considering how young this team is, considering they've got their starting quarterback under contract for forever, and Andy Reid's coming back, at least for another year. So I would say enjoy it, KC fans. Party hard. You deserve it. Congrats to the Chiefs, uh, the Hunt family as well. But pace yourselves, because a year from now you might be doing the same thing. I'm glad you brought up Coach Andy Reid. Were you guys paying attention to the post-game uh, celebration uh, when when Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> what was he doing? He told, Terry Bradshaw told Coach Reid, "Can you waddle over here?" <laughs> hey, big guy. Hey, big guy. Can you waddle over here? <laughs> I was, wait, wait, hold on. Like, did he just ask Coach Reed to waddle? Yes, he did. And then he called him an old ass man or something to that effect. Like, you're yes, old like me. Like, he was he was joning on Coach Reed bad I did. Like, hey, you're coming back, you're old like me. Like, what's that like? You gotta you gotta be in the twilight of your career now, right? And that, I thought it was pretty interesting. That that was an interesting observation. Hey, uh, by the way, I didn't even know that there was some speculation that Reed was going to walk away. Like, I didn't even know that there, that was a possibility he was going to retire. I think so actually I you, you speculated that last week during Super Bowl week as you threw out a Did lot I? of uh, different things. Yeah. And then yeah. that well, got I mean, picked at, up on, at obviously. That point, I, at that point, I mean, look, we're just spitballing. All right, we broke down every single angle in this game. We broke down every every talking point and storyline. So some people were just making stuff up by about Wednesday or Thursday last week. I, I so. see a homeless person walking, pacing back and forth outside our studio windows. I'm I'm really getting. Oh oh wait, that's Jonas. Never, my, yeah, my bad. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, my bad. Uh, can, can I ask this, Jonas? What can Lee, Roberto, maybe even Lavar, which I, I was told that Lavar got in the mix there. Yeah, I mean, what I just can they do to get you victim. back? I don't live in victimhood. I strike back. You know, yeah, what I mean? like no, but they said that it, it, you you struck back, but it almost created a disaster. If you know what I mean? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> all thing, of it though, is Levar, close to a disaster. 
LeVar took the sanitizer wipe yes. that he had on the microphone to drown out the smell. Yes. And he took that off and covered his mouth yes. and, and nose with it, which I don't even think is healthy to it's do. It's definitely to not. <laughs> it's def- to walk but, into the studio yeah. to try and gas them up and then ended up getting gassed himself. And, and they blocked me. Brian- they blocked me from oh, getting yeah. out of the room. <laughs> they blocked me from getting out of the room. So there's that. Is out of control. Yeah. I mean, it, well, okay. I'm, but it brings me here. back I'm to hoping... this point. What can we do to get you back? Hmm. I look. I just. I needed a segment. All right. I just want the first. I need to to breathe fresh air because there's no. Normally, I would just go outside the studio for a couple of minutes, like in the hallway, but the hallways aren't safe. All right. Let me I, ask it's you guys. Billowing out everywhere. Let me ask you guys this on those on those Jalen Hurts short yardage. Um, QB keepers, what was your over? What would your over under be of of three to four flagellations during the course of that play? Are you taking the over? Or are you taking the under? Since, I'm since take this the is under, a top, I, topic, I, if it was that three and a half, I take the under. I think three, three. I think you get three. Maybe. I mean, you 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 were in the mix though. You know more than I do. Like I when I if I was sneaking the football, I'm just trying to get where I need to go and get down. I'm not thinking about all the flatulence. Mm. You were the one that was in there pushing around trying yeah. to make stuff happen. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably a lot more, and I'd probably oh. say that there was um, matter involved in it as well. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I would say because of the, the amount of, of strain and struggle and, and grunting that took place, I, I would say it's probably a lot more, especially for the guys that were right there, like a, a center, like a Kelsey or your guards or your def- your nose, your zero tech, like right there where you're right in the mix of like all of the mayhem. I think that there's a whole lot of straining, just a whole lot of straining. And so there you go. Okay. I, I would take the over. Hey, Brady, you said they were going to at some point look at that play and maybe uh, outlaw it. So what do you what do you think that new play will look like? Is it the fact that there are three guys bunched up behind him, shoving him at the same time? Yeah, it's it, that's what's going to change it. They're not going to allow people to shove him moving forward. So it, it'll it should go back to the old rule. I just think when you when you hear about the competition committee and, and what they meet and they go over, and, and I don't have any insight on this. This is just my guess because I, I think as teams and coaches in particular, you know, go to those meetings, they're going to say. This play not only is dangerous, which anytime you put player safety into the conversation, it grabs everyone's attention, but also it just the success rate is so high, much like the PAT was back when it was so close. They're like, we need to move it back because it, it almost creates this you know unstoppable force, and we can't you know we, we can't allow us to continue to happen. So I think they'll try to change the rule back where you're not allowed to push. A player, which eliminates some of that, you know, I, I guess the the wedge itself. And look, Philly's got the best offensive line in the league, so credit to them. They're going to win more quarterback sneaks more often than not because how good that group is. But there was there was one time in particular, Hertz did not get it until a second after yeah. when he was shoved. And, and across. if they called him dead, I, I was right. sitting there. If they called that play dead because his forward progress was stopped, then then that that's a big moment in the game. That's a yep. pretty significant moment. You know what else that came from that those those plays that I was sitting there thinking about was the That's idea. 
It was, was oh, the, he's back. Yeah, yeah he's, he's back. Better. He's back. Yeah. Oh, okay, good, that, good that seemed a little dramatic. I'll be honest with you. It, uh, it, it, it was it, a good bit. It, it was a good. It's 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 it was a good actually, radio bit. It was a good bit. It's, but it's but not a. It's not a bit. Oh, these guys smell. It's a bit. Come on. Yeah. I mean, locker room smell on part of this. You know. Well, he. I mean, it's been a while since Jonas has been a locker. That's a good point. Like since ever. Yeah. Hey, um, pretend like I'm a reporter. You, you know, the whole idea of... My name is Peter Gaze. Oh, wow. Do you think people picked up on that? Uh, probably not. <laughs> not the first name, but the last <laughs> name. It's pretty interesting. Oh, man. You know, they had... they You know... Well, anyway. So, you know, with uh, the, the line of scrimmage being a conversation... You know, all week long, who would have the stronger line of scrimmage? Who would be able to handle, you know, what was going to come their way? And seemingly, you'd have to think that the way they pushed those guys back on on that play was, in a way, it was demoralizing. It's like, we're coming out here, and we are going to shove this thing down your throat, which at the <laughs> – for a moment there – it, it made me it made me curious as to why they did not stay with the run more than what they more than what they did you know well, because i actually thought casey did a good job against philly on the more traditional runs or even some of the zone read that was designed in there you know it seemed like we we kind of got enamored with the short yardage plays and the quarterback sneaks or or even when they ran that you know quarterback sweep with Hertz for the touchdown. But by and large, Casey did a pretty good job. I mean, and, and I think the other thing is, you know that you can't just win that way. Like, I, I, think, I think Philly knew if they, got, if they got into this game, they weren't just going to be able to run the football, eat up clock. Do, that was not going to be the way to go beat the Kansas City Chiefs because they could put together a second half like they did where they go out and score every single drive. I mean, and honestly, too, I think they scored on what – or had a chance to score, I should say, on six of the eight. You know, when you look at that the missed field goal in the first half, they had a couple punts, but that was it. I mean, they scored every drive after that. So I think Philly knew they had to throw the football. And bottom line is Hertz was phenomenal on third down. Yeah. He was. He, him to go, uh, Goddard was unbelievable. Truth. There was three separate catches. I was like, if you're a KC fan, you have to be pulling your hair out. There's nothing you can do. They got pressure in Hertz's face. They got coverage that they wanted. I mean, that one time Leo Chanel had his hand in between yeah, got Goddard's it. hands, yep. and he still came down with it. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and so you got to give them credit because they just it was just a better throw, better route, better catch, and there's nothing they could do about it. So I, I don't – I mean, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're a Philly fan, if you want to blame the fishing, that's fine. You had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Like, looking back on all of it, like, that was a pretty significant play. It didn't happen at the end of the game, but that really kind of kept KC in the game and kept giving them momentum. Uh, you know, there was another key drop, too, by one of those Philly receivers, the the one that where they went deep, and Jalen Hurts put it right on it his Quez hands. Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. Yep. Yeah, I mean – that, you know there were there were plays that that Philly certainly gave away or left on the table. There's there's no reason for them to to look at it being anything else other than 
they made more mistakes than what Kansas City did and and cuz they all made plays. Both teams made plays, but again, the coach in me, I still go back to I know we wouldn't have been able to win the game running the ball all game, but I certainly to me I I would have worked to to establish it more than what I saw them do just for the simple fact that that's the DNA of that team and that's really what has worked for them all season long was establishing that run first. I mean, you think about it, San Francisco did a good job against them running the ball and in, in the championship or in yeah, in the championship game. It was the big plays. They kept churning and churning and, and grinding on them, and then boom, a big play would pop for them in the running know, though, game. Dude, they, they outgained them by almost 80 yards, yeah. and they, they outscored them. Yeah. Philly outscored KC. Yeah, I just I think that the, the, the problem with throwing the ball is you're going to figure out if you're going to score or if you're going to punt way quicker than if you're running, if you're able to gouge them or run them and, and play defense. Now, with that being said, your defense has to give you the ability and the opportunity to run the ball and pound it out. And, you know, seemingly seven points for three quarters, seven points in the first, seven in the second, seven in the third. Like, to me, I almost feel as though you needed to run the ball more. Philly, that, that's just me. Philly ran out of time. Like yeah, I, oh, of I don't, I don't they think did. like they ran out of time. I think I think if they if they get the for the last drive they they ran out if, of time if, for certain. If they get that ball back, they I I would feel strongly about them going down the field. And yeah, scoring. but you could say that if KC gets I the agree. ball back, you go back and sc- look. The bottom line is Philly did everything they probably planned out to do. I mean, they only rushed or threw the ball six more times than when they they actually rushed it. It wasn't like they were that imbalanced. And they held the football for almost 12 minutes more than KC. Yeah. They were 13 of 20 on third down and fourth down. Like, that literally tells the story. They were methodically moving the football down the field. Like, they can't do much else. You just can't give up a punt return for darn near a touchdown, which would have been the first in NFL history. That's fair. And you can't give up a fumble for a touchdown. And and you got to hope that KC makes some mistakes, which, look, they had a missed field goal. They had two separate penalties that extended drives for Philly. You can't ask for much, much more. Like, KC's a good team. No I just, the bottom line is, like, you could say, oh, I ran out of time. KC could, would have said they ran out of time then. So, I mean, it goes, the better team, ultimately, because they have the best quarterback in the league and better coaching, in my opinion, won in a tight, solid game. So let me ask you guys this. Who's more responsible for the second half turnaround of the Kansas City Chiefs, is it Coach Reed or Coach Tordall? Who do you think is more <laughs> more responsible? For the that? way that man put his head down and ran that ball on that play, it was the juices from the gods <laughs> that played played the the major part. I was just in thinking all about those halftime adjustments. So what is? What I mean, was the think about, come think about if you're I like, don't know, dude. They got two dudes wide open. Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore could have tripped, dropped. Stop, drop, rolled into the end zone. There was so wide open on both those touchdown plays. I mean, it was that pretty. Is true. It was, and and by the way, tell me this, Lavar. If you're on defense, or when someone's that wide open, like down in the red zone, and you know you're going to probably see them down in the red zone again, 
How are you not making an adjustment to that? I mean, the first time, right? And they yeah. did eventually. Like that last. No, they drive, didn't. The last didn't. drive actually. They the, never adjusted to the, it. That's the, why Sky Moore got the second touchdown. The, after that, on that last, that very last drive, they finally covered the guy trying to come back. I think it was Juju that tried to come back out, and they sat on top of him. But I, I mean, it shouldn't have taken that long to see that what they were doing was because the the reputation is they're crossers. All their plays come crossing crossing the the formation that's that's what they do they totally was playing off of the fact that okay we're anticipating them crossing can't let them get ahead of me crossing and then they came back out so they were it almost was like they created a dilemma and then an extra dilemma by bringing the back they put put a back into the flare and that guy's in the flare, and then you have the guy that's sitting there, and he's going back out to the flats as as the receiver. It looked like it was a crack flare pass is what it was. It's just, as a defense, that's a really, really difficult play to defense, knowing that they're going to run it. They're probably, if you play it to the outside, if they adjust and play it to the outside, you're in the wrong coverage, and they you are have in the, the wrong, wrong adjustment. That's the bottom line. That is the that is the bottom line of it. But if you were to adjust and play it in a switch technique, where or a banjo technique, some people would call um, banjo, banjo, where where when the guy comes back out, that corner is still sitting there. They're waiting on who's going to be the switch. One, two. You're you're doing the count. One, two, three. If you're waiting for the new number one to come back out, there was never someone out there waiting for the new number one. He became the new number one, and the corner was already gone. So uh, you usually have a corner waiting there, you know, waiting for that guy to come back out. So I don't know what they they were trying to anticipate, but I do know this. If they would have did it the opposite direction and tried to cover it coming out, that receiver would have kept going across. They would have adjusted it, took the receiver across the, the, the formation, and then now whoever's covering it is probably going to be playing that that cover coverage from behind and you're going to hit it across across or running across your your defense there's like a lot, we, there's a lot of football jargon going on right yeah now. Oh, which so we good, saw though. we, we saw so what's great. his name this is what, this is what Jonas loves. we what saw Tariq on, Hill we saw Tariq Hill Shine make out. a living of running across the formations getting the ball in full speed and going and making but, big plays but I remember when they were in trouble when they lost Tyreek Hill <laughs> yeah sure right you remember that yeah you remember how Tariq Hill was going to go to the Super Patrick Bowl with, with a better Tua? He became a better quarterback. He started seeing the field from the pocket better, playing from the pocket more. That that might have been something that helps extend his career because he doesn't have to worry about hanging on to the football to extend plays to allow Tyreek Hill to you know, un- uncover himself downfield. Dang. Like That may be one of the more low-key beneficial things for his career. Sounds crazy to say, but it's Jeez. true. How about this, though? Can we talk about – the position that Philly's in next year, because look, it, it's great. They've been in the playoffs the past two years. They made a Super Bowl run this year. I'm going to tell you why. They've got a lot of rebuilding to do this offseason. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. So the Eagles were on the doorstep of winning a Super Bowl. It did not happen. There's been some speculation they could be losing both their coordinators to head coaching jobs in Arizona and Indianapolis. But the trouble for Philly does not stop there. Is that correct, Brady Quinn? That's correct. And and I shouldn't you know say it as trouble. Look, 
Howie Roseman has done as good a job as any executive in the NFL of being able to rebuild a roster. We talked about, hey, you know, their last Super Bowl team, which was, what, six years ago, the 2016 uh, year? Yeah. They had seven starters still on the team from that standpoint, which is, is actually pretty remarkable. In most people's minds, they hear, oh, that's not that many. Uh, six years after to have seven players, starters that are still on the roster, it actually is pretty legit. So kudos to him for the job that he's done and <clears throat> being able to maintain those guys but also build out around them. But here's the problem. So I think we'd all agree they're going to have to pay Hurts, right? Yep. Yeah. So he's going to get a monster deal. That's going to take up a significant portion of their, of their salary cap, uh, depending on the, the, the structure of it. <clears throat> but here's what you're looking at having to move on from on defense. <clears throat> Starting D-tackle, Fletcher Cox. Defensive end, Brandon Graham. D-tackle, Javon Hargrave. <clears throat> James Bradbury at cornerback. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson started at safety for them. Uh, Marcus Epps, who also played a bunch and at times started for them at safety. T.J. Edwards, their inside linebacker. Linval Joseph, Robert Quinn, and Dominican Sue, all guys who they signed on during the season. All those guys are unrestricted free agents. <clears throat> That's just defensively. Jason Kelsey, their starting center, future Hall of Famer, could retire, but either way, he's unrestricted free agent. You've then got Isaac Suamalu, who's their starting guard, uh, right guard. He's also an unrestricted free agent. Running back Miles Sanders, unrestricted free agent. And then guys like Boston Scott, Zach Pascal, uh, all, all unrestricted free agents. So the point I'm trying to make is when you look at this roster and the fact of this team trying to build back up to get back to another Super Bowl, it's drastically different compared to the Chiefs who just won. The Chiefs' biggest offseason concern and consideration is Orlando Brown, their left tackle. He's up to be a free agent. Outside of that, it's, all right, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent, Michael Hardman, Jarek McKinnon. That's about it. Everyone else is under contract. I mean, Chad Henney is, is retiring, so you might need to find a backup, a guy who come in and help you if Mahomes gets hurt. But that's it. So, you know, Travis Kelsey's under contract for three more years. Patrick Mahomes is under contract for nine more years. It's just an entirely different scenario for the Eagles. Not only one having to pay Hurts, which, by the way, is a good problem to have when you've got a, a quarterback who's displayed himself to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league and your starter and franchise quarterback, but you've got a ton of potential turnover on this roster. And so it, it might take some time to build this back up again, like we saw the last time Philly was able to get to a Super Bowl to get back to and a chance to win another one. Like Kansas City's been navigating these waters for a couple of years now. Well, another thing that you can leverage as Kansas City is getting a quality receiver at a legitimate, affordable price. Like, so if, if that's Juju they want to try to bring back, if a one it's year deal, free guys. Agency, Who the hell wouldn't want to play? Whatever there? it is, you can bring guys back because you did it without Tariq Hill. So you've basically now set a a precedence that you know don't come in here trying to get no crazy money because we don't necessarily even need to pay you that you know we let Tariq Hill go be paid and everybody thought that that would change the trajectory of this team and it seems as though as long as they have uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey everyone else y'all just y'all fit in like make sure you fit in and if you fit in you come here and you'll win It'll be the Patrick Mahomes, the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey um, way. That that it's now the their way, right? And, and you're and you're not lo- losing Steve Spagnola. You know, you might lose Eric Bieniemy. He's potentially looking to go to Washington. I know there's an offer for him to be on the commando staff as their OC. Huh? Um, the who staff? The commandos. Oh, okay. But but again, you've got Matt Nagy in place, who you know came back to coach quarterbacks and is kind of 
you know, sitting there waiting to get another shot to get back in that OC position. So I think you're you're prepared for that if it happens. Whereas as, as you just mentioned, reports are Gannon staying in Arizona to interview with the Arizona Cardinals. You'd have to think they've waited this long to, to be able to talk with him and potentially hire him as the guy. Um, and then on, on the other side, you've got, you know, uh, Shane Steichen, their OC for Philly, who looks to be the, at least reportedly, the top candidate for the Colts job. And so then Nick Sirianni's got to start all over again. Now, they've got a quarterback coach who's pretty highly sought after in Brian Johnson. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think could elevate up into that spot. But again, he's green as far as play calling ability. And, and you don't know if you're going to go through some growing pains there. I, I just think it's a really interesting situation the Eagles find themselves in. But if anyone can do it, um, Howie Roseman can. You know, the way he's built up this team, this organization has been pretty incredible. And and also just the reality, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Like we can people can scoff at it and say, well, you know, but this time it's different. OK, well, Cincinnati got back to an AFC championship game, but they weren't able to get past. New England was the last team to do it. It just, you know, and you, I mean, the NFC, I would say, is a lot more easier to navigate than the AFC. But. I just I think this was the year, and I think Philly probably knew it because look at some of the moves that they did make. They brought in people, you know, when they went out and got aggressive and, and traded for a Robert Quinn and stuff like this. They were going for it this year because I think they realized we've got to pay Jalen Hurts eventually. Let's try and make this happen while we have the chance. You had all sorts of things go your way leading up to the Super Bowl. The injury to the 49ers. You got the Giants for a third try, and, and the Giants were no match whatsoever. And that game was there at halftime for the taking. Everything was going in that direction. And then the second half, that was it. Just like they, and, and still there were opportunities there. I just, if I'm an Eagles fan, I look at this and go, this is a blown opportunity for us. Like, this is a blown chance for us to win a Super Bowl. And now you pay Jalen Hurts. And what's that? What, is, what are we looking at for Hurts? What do you think? Like 50 million he's going to get a year? I mean, it's going to be yeah, the I mean, next that's, monster that's deal. Poor. Yeah, I get it. And, and this is always the, the tough conversation to have right, is no matter what you think, where you rank Jalen Hurts amongst the quarterbacks in the NFL, what they're getting paid, he's the next guy up. You know, it's what it costs for a gallon of gas. It's what it costs for, you know, a gallon of milk. You're going to pay the price when you need it, and that's what the Eagles have. So, uh, you know, he'll probably average somewhere around $45 a year, if not north of that. That would be my guess. Um, I don't think this thing will get contentious. I don't think that the Eagles wanted to. So... We'll, we'll see what the final numbers look like. I always look for guarantees um, and the average annual value. Those are the two things that I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on. And after the season he had, he's worth it. He's worth every penny of it. Because if he, if he doesn't suffer the injury, he's the MVP of the league. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think if he, if he doesn't miss those games because of the injury, he's, he's the MVP of the league, and he was fantastic last night. So. Well, he was the runner-up. Yeah. And runner-up to the guy that made him a runner-up last night. That's not That's not – a loss in your year. I know it's a missed opportunity, and I'll agree with you because I thought the better team was Philadelphia. But that's something that, again, if if they can navigate all the things that, that Q threw out there, this is a team that could possibly be good for a, a, a long, extended amount of time if they have all, you know, if they have good coaching, for one. You hate to hear it that they may lose that because it's like you, you want to see the continuity and the experience play out. The, these were inexperienced Super Bowl coaches from top to bottom. 
and and then for me, you know, to to see them possibly be able to bring back, you know, some of these guys. I mean, you got your your wide receivers positions shored up pretty well. Now, you know, we didn't bring up Goddard. You know, what I mean, so. Between that hit them, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, that's a that's a damn good. I mean, if you can, can but, to work with, but there's a lot of ifs and buts well, that's connected to what listening to what what they have to do to to maintain that team. Smith, though, you're a year away from having to to start talking about an extension. Yeah, you know, and what that's going to look like depending on you know how much he's he's going to ask for and his impact on it. So it's like I said it, again. Howie Roseman has navigated as well as anyone, I think, in the NFL. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that you know he's going to be able to figure out a way. It's just it's hard to keep it all together and be able to consistently make runs. And what's so impressive about Brett Veach and what they've done in Kansas City is they've found those building block pieces, and it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Chris Jones. You can maybe even say the case it's Frank Clark, and then they've built out around them. And that's why I think the Orlando Brown Jr. piece is going to be huge. Yeah. And getting that left tackle solidified. And once that's done, you've got your five pieces. And they're able to – if they can continue to draft the way they've done and get that sort of production and talent out of Trent McDuffie and Brian Cook and Josh – or you know Jalen Watson and Josh Williams and George Karloftis and Pacheco and all these guys, right? I mean, even, even though Creed Humphrey and, and you know uh, Trey Smith, you know, not rookies, but – um, if they can continue to draft that way, and those guys are all hits, like it's incredible to see what they're capable of doing for a long time. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.